0: Hello and welcome to Anime to Z, the podcast dedicated to all things anime. I'm Shay Lingo. I'm a rapper, musician, and your favorite long term anime fan.
1: And I'm Beck Hill, a comedian, writer, and artist, and your favorite long term Shay fan. <laughs> I can't even back that up. That's
0: sweet, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> I will be. Whether you're joining us for the first time or you've been listening since the beginning, Beck. What to Anime2Z and why are we here?
1: So this is a podcast for anyone who is a big fan of anime and would like to hear more about all of their favourite shows and the new things that are coming out. And also for people like me who like anime but haven't really been able to find an easy way into it.
0: And obviously it's the perfect excuse just to watch more anime in your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: right. (laughs) Like definitely because I've been wanting to get back into watching a lot more anime for years and especially because I keep hearing about these shows and films that... I never get round to doing, especially with this one. I'm very excited about Vinland Saga. I've heard a lot of good things. Not that you need an excuse to watch them because you've seen them before. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm. I'm a fan of Vinland Saga. I'm actually waiting for the second season as well. So yeah, it's going to be a good, a good journey, a good journey to recap and discuss again.
1: Yeah, because you've been watching anime since you were 13, right?
0: Yeah, man. Since I was a little kid, it was definitely an escape for me. It was definitely a place that I felt safe and comfortable and. Yeah, man. I mean, it was just a cool place to kind of nurture my imagination as well and just learn a little bit more about, not just myself, but about like writing and ways to develop plots. And it helped me with my music a lot as well. Do you know what I mean? So wow. yeah, man, It's it's anime has served me well in yeah. my life so far and continues to.
1: I would say that mine has been much more of a... a an artistic viewpoint. Not that anyone who's seen my art would be like, "Wow, she can be compared to Miyazaki or something, <laughs> but but it has been really inspirational, and i've I've always liked um how beautiful anime is, even if I don't follow the plot. So after four episodes spent tunneling into the rebuild of Evangelion franchise, we're switching Spears for Swords and robots for battleships with epic Viking anime Vinland Saga. Shay, you've seen this before. Are you a fan?
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan. I love Vinland Saga. The story's very specific and it takes some really weird turns. And I'm just happy to be unpacking it, really.
1: What are you hoping to gain from a rewatch?
0: Now that we've done Evangelion, I'm looking at it from a more of a critique's perspective rather than a fan's perspective. And just paying more attention. I just get an opportunity to watch it again and just pay a little bit more attention and discuss it with you.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm already, I'm liking the fact that there isn't really much being left open to, open to interpretation. <laughs> I keep expecting it to go in a direction after watching all the Evangeline yeah. films where I'm like, oh, where's this going to go? But I'm like, oh no, it seems to be fairly straightforward. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is a lot more straightforward. You can relax. Okay. It will be a lot easier to follow. And do you think, you think you're more excited or intrigued about delving into something that's a little bit more episodic as opposed to films?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah i think normally i'm i've spoken about it before but normally i'm more into the films but i think after being so heavily involved in the world of evangelion it's it's quite nice to have something that's a bit bite sized yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the episodes
0: are only like 20 something minutes long so yes yeah, it's, it's, it's very it'll be a very different pace and watch so if you hadn't already guessed it today we're discussing the first episode of vinland saga season one which is streaming right now on Prime Video UK.
1: Battle cries at the ready.
0: Uh, no, nah, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> Touché, for anyone who needs a plot refresh, what happened in the opening episode?
0: Okay, so we're in the year 987 and it starts with this, this crazy battle between the Norwegians and the Danish Vikings. And we meet the first character called Doors and he's like this massive giant of a man <laughs> crazy typical behemoth character it's a real or a,
1: samurai jack feel about yeah him. <laughs> like
0: a super tank character do you know yeah. what i mean very stoic like kind of guy and he's just cutting guys down left right and center until he's just kind of thrown into the sea at mm. one point i think he gets an arrow in his chest and then he ends up in the sea he ends up getting thrown into the sea in, in the middle of a battle then we skip forward to the year 1002 and it's a completely different scene like he's he's now kind of settled down married with a wife and kids and we meet his son, Torfinn. Torfinn's like this this super hungry, adventure-starved kid. Do you know what I mean? That just wants to be a part of everything that his dad was a part of. So he lives vicariously through the stories of a kind of kind of elder character that lives in the village. He's a little bit of a jester to he's everyone in things. the village. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's been through some stuff. Do you know what I mean? And his name is Leif Erikson. Some of these stories are pretty hard to believe for the type of character that Leif is presented as do you know what I mean which is which is interesting and funny to watch especially as the kids kind of believe but don't really believe yeah then we skip over to this point where Ilva's on the roof kind of shoveling snow off the roof and just kind of doing chores and she she actually turns around to the dad and says Tors and says can't we get a slave to do this work and Tors is like nah that's not that's not what we do and then she ends up falling off the roof and realizing that there's a slave, she discovers a slave buried underneath the snow who's like half dead.
1: Classic. Yeah. Get what you're well, I mean.
0: For. <laughs> Straight away, you know what I mean? Manifested <laughs> it in immediate effect. <laughs> so obviously, Thors is very shocked by this, hurries the slave inside, who's clearly runaway. Then they discover that this kind of slave master called Halfdan owns this, this slave that they found in the snow. Half Dan is definitely a tyrant of some kind. Like, I mean, he's a slave master. Do you know I what I mean? I don't want
1: to meet full Dan. Halfdan's huge. No,
0: Beck. No. I'm
1: here awake. Thanks.
0: <laughs> so Halfdan's an absolute douche. He ends up bullying his way onto the shores of the village that Thor's and his family live on, and are now nursing this slave back to health. And Halfdan's like, you should give him up because he was mine originally. And Halfdan definitely, obviously, as a slave master, doesn't see all humans as equal. So it's very difficult for. Thor's to kind of adhere to that, and they end up coming to an agreement where Thor's basically gives up all of his livestock in sheep to Halfdan, and then the slave ends up dying after, straight after, which is obviously putting his family and his and his his livelihood at risk. It's a pretty intense opening. So Beck, let me hear your first impressions. If you had to pick three words to describe the episode, what would they be?
1: Tense, mm-hmm. hopeful, okay, cold.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely, I think out of the three, definitely cold.
1: Like, as an Aussie, whenever I see anyone living somewhere really cold and struggling, I'm like, but why? (laughs) (laughs) But why would you do that? I guess we're finding out, though. What about you? If you could take three words to describe it?
0: I would say intense, intriguing, and emotional.
1: Oh, I like it. Emotional. This is good. Well, before we get into the deeper analysis segment of the podcast, what context do we need to know?
0: So first up, I think we should talk about the genre. Vinland Saga straddles a couple and is a classic seinen, which is a Japanese word for... That's
1: a uh, use, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. yes use. it is. Well done. Yay, well Duolingo done. paying off. <laughs> Other language apps are available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's mostly targeted at uh, young adult men. So this includes shows like Tokyo Ghoul, Berserk and Code Geass. I've seen Code Geass, I've seen Berserk, I've seen Tokyo Ghoul. These are all shows that definitely appealed to me and in, in, in both the art style the animation style and then eventually obviously as I watched them the plot all super gory a lot darker and a lot more kind of to the point and direct than some other kind of genres because you got obviously slice of life and you've got other more mundane styles of, of of anime series I'm super into the gore and the darkness and and especially period stuff as well like just Things that are set in a certain time, where you, where the anime itself can lean on the history or the culture of whatever universe they've dropped you into, and whatever story they want to tell, and whatever characters they want to develop within that story. I'm just very, very into that, especially when there's war and guts and blood <laughs> and all of that stuff, and and some unpacking as well. I'm into that.
1: Okay, so you said this straddles a couple of genres. What are the others? Yeah,
0: it's mostly classed as a historical anime, to be fair, along with like Samurai Champloo, Grave of the Fireflies, and Taylor the Princess Kaguya. Oh.
1: Yeah, I've seen Grave of the Fireflies It's interesting Because I never classified myself As someone who's interested in history But as an adult I'm starting to find That it's just about the way That you consume it Yeah,
0: word I feel like Because I've seen Samurai Champloo And that is That's like a very Very much a period piece I'm not sure exactly what period But it's like It's very shogunate Ronin Kind of lone samurai Setting a certain time in Japan Like sh- going and collecting taxes In person kind of, kind of period Do you know what I mean?
1: So it's a bit more like medieval reenactment societies, how they're not necessarily (laughs) correct. But like my parents were in a medieval reenactment society when Mm -hmm. I was growing up because my family is super white. So that's just...
0: (laughs) Did it ever lop?
1: I mean, it's essentially what it was. Yeah. Is it? I mean, it's that, but without the like point. <laughs> you know, you dress up and have a feast. You yeah, have I meetings, hear that. that kind I of thing, that. rather than going on actual adventures.
0: Was it like massive banquets with no plates and just meat on the table? And it
1: stuff? was uh we had certain things to eat off, like boards and stuff, but uh, no electricity. So you had all candlelight and Dope.
0: stuff. Oh that sounds like a f- fun time.
1: It was a fun time. Loved that. But bringing it back to Vinland Saga, who are the key players behind the series?
0: So it's made in the same studio that made Attack on Titan, which actually has its finale next year. Ah. Do you know what's so crazy? From an anime fan's perspective, having seen Attack on Titan, seen Vinland Saga and seen Evangelion, Attack on Titan is closer to a mech anime than it is to Vinland Saga as a historical anime. It's contained within a historical time, like horse-drawn carriages and cobblestone streets everywhere and they're similar it's similar to vinland saga in that capacity but it's like the titans are manifested and the human or the titan shifter is placed in the back of the neck or the nape of the titan in a similar way that you're dropped into like the neck slash head area of the ava does that make sense
1: yeah yeah
0: it kind of embodies both of them in a different way it's like if Evangelion was set in Vinland Saga's time.
1: Sounds like we're in for quite a journey. Shall we get underway with some meaty plot analysis? Let's get it. All right.
0: So, Beck, kick us off. What do you think of the opening battle scene?
1: I loved it. And I think one of the reasons is because the animation style is really similar to the manga or just comics in general mm-hmm. like the way that that fight scene is presented is very similar to a really detailed storyboarding mm-hmm. and I appreciated that because it just you know when when you're in the middle of something that's so adrenaline fueled that your brain just can't take in the amount of frames it would normally take and it feels like you're only getting a split picture every now it's it really did that so I, I enjoyed the way that that was animated thoroughly yeah what about you
0: i just enjoy a good battle scene like a well-composed battle scene and i think the way they dropped us in and the pacing that they started with we've seen before we've experienced before but mm. we love do you know what i mean yeah where it just starts with a bow, bow just you're just there my favorite moment out of that was definitely when those was cutting people down just on this random boat there's so much happening that you can there's there's fire on the water do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah. it's just so much happening and then he gets hit with the arrow and he kind of notices that he's been hit with the arrow. He's like, yeah, he just looks at his shoulder and he's like, oh, and then he just continues oh, fighting. And I so was just badass. like, bro, you are so crazy sick. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, I think the battle scene was great. As much as it threw me, it was a great segue into the pacing of his normal, his, his quote unquote settled normal life.
1: Mm. And, it, and obviously then we get straight into the opening scene and stuff like that i what did, actually as someone who's done soundtrack for anime what did you think of it of the theme tune
0: i enjoyed it but i definitely think some of the scoring within that first episode is more impactful like there's there's moments where there's just loads and loads of piano riff that set the ambience for mm. the nature and the environment that they're in without actually depicting too much of the environment itself it's just like it sets the tone for the for again like Doors is family man life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of makes creates a mundane kind of energy. It's 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 really really beautiful music. Really I, beautiful music. I
1: did feel that the uh, scene fit in quite nicely though after the battle scene because there's mm. nothing like a little bit of metal to come in <laughs> um, after that. It made me think of Lincoln Park because of course the band is Survive said the Prophet. Mm. And they also did the theme tune for Banana Fish. Which... I've seen
0: Banana Fish. Have you seen right. Banana Fish? No, Banana but Fish I know it's another good. prime one. Yeah, very good, very very good. It's extremely dark and extremely real. There isn't really any supernatural elements to it. It's it's set in a like a more much more modern time, and it's actually a lot to do with like human trafficking and drugs and syndicate cartels and sexuality and loads of things that. Are, are extremely intense like very very intense to unpack that one would be interesting as well to be fair yeah so getting back to Vinland Saga I think Thorfinn is such an interesting little boy having seen it without without spoilers you're going to be surprised about where he ends up oh, yeah. um, even just a New couple York. of episodes from now <laughs> <laughs> not new york i would i I, can I would
1: be surprised
0: rest assured he doesn't end up in new york beck wow i um, might be
1: surprised now
0: <laughs> i meant more i meant more mentally and emotionally as he grows but it's it's, it's a really really kind of harrowing experience to watch
1: um, oh i'm looking forward to that
0: in this state as the carefree young ignorant naive kid that he is blissfully like just running around and feeding sheep and fetching water for the village and do you know what I mean?
1: Just yeah. being being a kid. Well, it's interesting because he's like super adverse to running away. Like he's got this whole thing about how he doesn't want to have come from someone whose ancestors who ran away, yeah. which is the complete opposite of what we have with Shinji, which Facts. is someone who keeps getting told stop running away. Facts. That's <laughs> a
0: great comparison there, to be fair. Yeah, Torofin is almost obsessed with his dad's history like and who he was before he became a dad. Do you know what I mean? And And kind of settled down and stuff. And he doesn't really know much about it, but he's so intrigued that he asks a lot of questions, and again lives vicariously through life stories. And
1: leif's a great character. As he's well. a brilliant
0: character. Man. I, I love think Leif.
1: Everything everyone loves the the character of the person who comes into the town with all their stories and and adventures and stuff. You've got Gandalf who sort of does that a bit with the hobbits whenever he comes into the Shire. In fact, there's even an episode of like books where they've got the adventure writer who comes in and everyone's fawning over how great he is and everything. Like, I just think it's such a great character. And there's even an episode of Spongebob (laughs) that uses that.
0: Oh my days, that was such a nice pace change in an episode of Spongebob. (laughs) Yeah, I think Leif has this really charismatic energy about him. Like, hark, let me tell you a story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Great guy.
1: Then obviously, Ilva. We meet Ilva. She's pretty cool. She's got spunk. I like that. Comes in, calls Leif a pervert. That's always fun. <laughs> you will like her. She's clearly got Moxie. I'm intrigued to see where her story takes her.
0: She's a bit of a no BS kind of character, but she understands how to uphold Union. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because she has that moment with Half Dan where she kind of semi-tries to stand up to him and tell him. Or at him, least
1: smooth things over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, oh, by the way, ha ha-ha, ha, ha ha ha. Do you
0: know what I'm saying? But then she was like super upset after the dad made the deal, like Tors made the deal to away the sheep and all this stuff and she's like oh he died right after but such a crazy juxtaparty to the way that it actually happened which was super super intense
1: yeah yeah it's a bit of a tension release mm. and half Dan oh my goodness what a bad man bad... <laughs> you know you know how you know because he's wearing black and he's got a scar I
0: was about to say that he's got a <laughs> scar on his face He's dressed in like what I would like to call typical villain attire. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah, they must shop at the same place. <laughs>
0: and he's what I want to call like a virtuoso type professional 10,000 hours done with a chain. Yes.
1: Do you know what I mean?
0: He just knows how to use a chain like a whip and for some reason.
1: Yeah, and chains are heavy. In fact, I was thinking about that with the yeah, opening scene. He must be much When Thor's comes out of the sea, and mm. he's, he gets lopped in the sea and he walks out of it. And he's wearing chain mail. Chainmail's not light
0: I would love to try on some chainmail
1: Oh well If you ever um, I think it costs too much To get it sent over from Australia But if you're ever in Australia My family's got some Left over from It's old medieval reenactment days Of course
0: they do Of course they
1: do Oh and it's so visceral as well When he uses the chain It's got bits of hair stuck in it
0: That was the proper That was the moment When I was like Yeah we're not here to play games
1: Yeah because I've like Whenever I uh, do my legs That's what it looks like
0: (laughs) Stop it.
1: <laughs> In the razor. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, one of them's called Floki. Fl- yeah. Which I find really funny because it sounds like they've gone, oh, we're going to do some Norse stuff, so let's get Thors and Floki.
0: It's funny saying that because I used to think that they weren't real. I, I thought Floki was just a play on words and it was like fake Loki, but really, <laughs> but really they were actually real people that existed with those names.
1: Oh, mm. oh, okay. Well, now I feel bad for them for having such rubbish names. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> jokes, jokes. No offense, any Flokies listening in.
0: I wonder if there's any, I mean, shout out all the Flokies. If they, shout out your parents for naming you Flokie if you're Flokie in 2021. That's crazy. Yeah, so they're having this crazy face off on the shore. One of the younger village warriors steps forward or a guy who's, Seen some war, steps forward, but he's a much, much younger character than than Half Dan or anyone that Half Dan's with. And he kind of seeks to fight. You know what I mean? He's just he seems he seems really hungry to just get into battle and super offended that they're there. And like, why are you here? What have you done? Ah, 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 ah. And then one of Half Dan's guys steps forward and he's like, Oh, I remember you. And he's he's facing the the way we see it is he we just see his kind of side profile. And then he turns. He's like, "I remember you. You cut off my arm back in that in that battle the other day, like kind of vibe." And it, it, but they make it seem so casual, like the guys just he's talking like, yeah, about you it like, you cut
1: off my brother's leg." Do you know what I mean?
0: Exactly, exactly. And then the guys like, "Oh yeah, you cut off my brother's leg. I should cut off your other leg." They get into this kind of argument, and and half dance guy kind of tries tries to throw caution to the wind and says like, "F the laws. Like I know there's I know there's like procedures, but I'm just gonna and tries to draw his sword." And then Halfdan just gets really, really, really intricate with the chain whip thing that he carries on his arm like a a pet snake. Do you know what I mean? And he just whips it and smacks the the sword out of the guy's hand as he pulls it out of the sheath. And then he turns around to kind of confront Halfdan and Halfdan reinstates like the law is the law. Like you cannot deviate from the law. Like he kind of puts that, Puts that down as you what we understand to what or what I understood to be his kind of mission statement. Like, well, a this sort is what of I live by.
1: Sheriff of Nottingham feel about him, mm, you know, that mm. sort of self proclaimed, "I am the law," t- but also the law serves me.
0: Obviously, Halfdan's looking for his slave. Do you know what I mean? He's come there like, I need my property back, kind of vibe. Like. The slave being in Thor's custody at that time, they make this deal that he would give him ends up giving him all of his like, like young, yeah, like. All of his sheep and then the slave dies straight after. So how do you feel? How do you think you feel about the whole deal? Do you think? Because half, <laughs> half Dan thought it was a good deal. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Oh, I mean, I think it says a lot, obviously, about Thor's. Mm. And it's really great that the slave was able to die a free man. Mm. I think that's really nice. Mm. I'm not sure if the slave was aware of that. Mm. <laughs> I think it was, the deal was mainly to make Thor's feel okay. Mm rather than for any other, any other reason. But I kind of get, there is a part of me that's like, oh, I feel that though. I feel that like, I if the, the save had been able to survive and get away, then it would absolutely be worth it. But the fact that they died immediately afterwards, you're like, oh.
0: Yeah, that's harsh. Ugh. And the way they did it as well, they just, re- you never see him again. They just referenced it. Oh, and he died. Oh. Do you know what I mean? It was crazy. I'd, I actually disagree with you a little bit though. I think it was much more to do with Thor's overwhelming kind of understanding of war and death because of what he's come from that we that we've we've seen in the opening scenes like he overstands the honor and all of the emotional burden of death and and what can what can come in those last moments because he's he's been through so much and now he's kind of meant to have settled down and separated himself from the war or whatever so it's it's very interesting to see how he develops this kind of very instant relationship, and how he how he he really connects with that slave. I don't think it was for him. I don't I don't feel like it was to make him feel better. I feel like it was actually the complete opposite. I feel like it was I need, I'm actually gonna give and do everything because you don't even know what you're going through right now. Do you know what I mean? He the, the slave obviously sees Vinland in his kind of life flashes before his kind of eyes moment. I think Tors sees that in his eyes. Do you get me? And oh. he. He really understands, overstands what that looks like and even starts to explain what Vinland is. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this place called this. How have you seen that? Do you know what I mean? How do you know that? I feel like it's because he's had so many near-death experiences where he's probably felt similar things to what that slave is feeling trapped within his own situation. So I feel like he did it for the complete opposite reason, totally selfless and put his family in jeopardy.
1: Yeah, he's clearly a guy who's willing to lose for the greater good.
0: Yeah, super noble. Like, puts that before everything, probably to a fault. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, we'll have to see that in the next episodes.
1: Ooh!
0: Cool, so we're going to move into Quickfire now. You enjoy Quickfire, right?
1: I love Quickfire. It's my favourite bit.
0: Perfect. Favourite character? Ilva. Wonderful. Yep, you? Definitely Tors.
1: Okay, least favourite character?
0: Um... Half Dan. Yeah, Half has Dan. Has to be, has to yeah. be for now. He sucks. Favourite scene?
1: Uh, My favourite scene was when they showed the little bit of Norway, where it was all green and stuff before they brought in the tyrant. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think pretty.
0: my scene is, I, I mean, it's going to go against what I've just said, but Half Dan, when he, when he uses the whip and... The
1: chain. Yeah, <laughs> just kind
0: of wraps it around the guy's head and strips away all of that skin and hair and just... Completely obliterates his face, basically.
1: Do you think that's the most epic moment as well then? Because that is the next one.
0: No, I think the most epic moment is when, it's epic in a different way, but I think the most epic moment is when the slave cries and then starts to see Vinland. Ooh. I think that for me was like, wow. And then knowing how that communicated with Thor's, like, and seeing him look at the guy and see what I believe to see is Vinland in his eyes.
1: I think it's going to be the, uh, the opening battle scene.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Don't get yes. much
1: more epic than that.
0: <laughs> no, word, word. Okay, so what question do you think you most want answered in the next episode?
1: Where is Vinland? They're talking about it. Ooh. They're saying it's like what direction it is. I'm like looking at my globe at home, trying to work out where it might be.
0: Yeah, Tors is on this very kind of like far away in a place. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's doing the very like super mystical. Valhalla kind of situation. That's how they kind of treat Vinland. I feel like so
1: because there's a suggestion it could be the Americas with Leif and their Native American headdress. Word,
0: word. Because yeah. they've they've actually travelled a lot. Mm. And Leif is Leif is an interesting character. So I'd like to see. I think the question I want most answered is what is Leif's actual story? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like, is yeah. he has he done all this stuff and he's now so enamoured with all of his his journeys and his tragedy and his sorrow and his situation that he now just plays and has adopted this character of like the semi joker and he f- he's very conscious of how everyone sees him but he's happy to play that role for everybody else's sake mm. do you know what i mean because he's seen so much I'm, I'm really interested to see how they develop Leif.
1: next week we'll be back with more viking chat as we wade into episode two of vinland saga
0: yeah i literally can't wait
1: I needed to get my drinking horn.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Animator Z.
1: And don't forget to leave us a review, give us a rating and hit subscribe.
0: And if you want to get a jump on next week's episode, watch Finland Saga on Prime Video now. Bye. Animator Z is a Little Dot Studios production for Prime Video UK.
1: The show is hosted by Shaylingo and Becky.
0: It's produced by Nicole Davis, Jake Cunningham and Harold McShill.
1: With production coordination from Ellie Aitken and editing by James Payne.
0: With additional research by Ren Skateni.
1: If you've enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts.